podcast starts now. Hey, good people. Good evening. Oh my gosh, it is straight up evening time. So good evening or good morning or good afternoon or whenever you are deciding to listen into this podcast today. I'm going to tell you what, it is better late than never. And uh, I just had... I just had a world of a a day and a yesterday and all, you know, honestly, all I can say for it is just one word, grants. If you've ever written one or ever been a part of a team who wrote one, you get it. If you've never done it before, let me just tell you, it literally drains the, all of the life out of you, especially if you desire to do it right. So, uh, Forgive me for tuning in late today, but I tell you what, I have been percolating on this longer than before today. So uh, this is not just a, oop, I'm just shooting from the hip, but this was very intentional and very impactful. So I hope you can enjoy the episode tonight if you have time. If not, if you're listening to this on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, because yes, I didn't release at the top of this morning. I hope you can see my eye roll. I thank you for your grace and your patience. <laughs> thank you for joining me. Um, but without further ado, let's jump on into our day, shall we? So uh, good people, I love sharing uh, with you last week what my learnings were with uh, 75 Hard. I mean, I still have more. And I still have more to unpack there, but you know, it's just really hard. I don't want to keep taking you through episode after episode of all the things that I learned or acquired from 75 hard. Um, and so maybe I'll figure out a better way to present the information as opposed to going back to back, um, episodes on it. Um, but I tell you one thing that is in the works is I've spoken to some colleagues that have done it and they, want to, I asked them if they wanted to get together to like sort of unpack this entire experience. So as I'm thinking out loud, maybe I just hit the record button and see what fruit generates, you know, I'm thinking that that could be good because that could be like little snips that we use at a later time or, you know, just findings from others and robustly we come up with something. I don't know, but you know, I'm just ideating, but you know, uh, I do have a meeting that I am going to set with some friends in regards to going through the journey. So anyway, if, if I've, since then I've had two friends, uh, finish with me, like I said, they're gonna, we're gonna try to create this forum really quick. And I have two friends who want to join or have started joining the process already. And so for my friends out there that are attempting to or thinking about doing it or have started, good luck and uh, take up an accountability partner. Uh, Say something out here for real, because you will need it. Trust me. Uh, but however, you know, shout out to some of my new friends that I met this week. Okay. First of all, I made my way on into the Apple store on Monday because I had a few things that I had to pick up and it's always so fun going into that store. It's always so fresh and inviting and Apple does a really good job at selecting their staff and making sure that they're 
equipped to engage properly. So I always value what Apple brings to the retail experience. Um, and it's always so fun. So shout out to my new friend, Aaron, AKA fellow podcaster of Mindfully Modern. He's a fellow creative, a fellow networking enthusiast, which I mean, his energy that he brings is like, you, you almost feel like you have to be in conversation with him. Um, and he is the founder of CDB Multimedia Group. So shout out to Aaron, AKA Ahun the Shogun. Thank you for taking the time to introduce yourself to me and all of your various projects. Can't wait to see if there's any synergy there. Also shout out to uh, Dion Delgado of uh, Lifestyle Consultant of Delgado Creations. Again, friendly face, just super engaging um, and has a, a very creative eye in what to capture. Saw some of his work, really excited to see if there's synergy there. And then the homegirl, Dej, Dej, Deja, Dej. I'm so sorry, don't get me. Um, but hey girl, I see you. And again, digital and content creator, she said, mm-mm, boo. I could teach you what you need to know about this, um, about this social media lifestyle. Okay. And I'm like, please, because I can't keep up. And so again, I need some tips, girl. So hook it up. Um, but also very beautiful, very fresh face, uh, with like just good vibes and good energy. So I can appreciate that. Uh, so those are my new friends and, oh, Jonathan. Oh, Jonathan. Uh, what, where do I start? No, I'm just kidding. Thank you for being such a generous host and inviting me to just wonderful conversation with people that give a darn, you know, like, or even if they don't, they were really good at seeming like they, they do <laughs> like for real. Um, but for real, thank you, uh, Jonathan so much for sharing the love in your words, even though I was just doing a pickup, like of items, you sought to peek a little glimmer into my world. And rather you were voicing the truth of what you felt on the inside or you, you know, internally or, or not, um, you blessed me with your words and I, and, and beyond. And for that, I'm incredibly grateful. So thank you, Jonathan. And I hope that your listening experience is enjoyable and please come back for more. There's, there's space for you here and anyone that you invite. So I'd love to, you know, connect with you further if I'm never in the store. Um, but yes, thank you so much. Now, good people, that's, that's all my shout outs for the week. Um, and so I want to talk about the new series while I have a chance, but first we have for the culture trivia. For the culture trivia, you got it. So, are your thinking caps on? Because you just literally sat through like five minutes of me doing shout outs. So, you should be ready. I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get started and let's go. What is the number that is three less than the product of three times three? If I ate three quarters of an eight slice pizza, how many slices did I eat? 
The father of Black History Month is known as who? The house that sits on the prairie is the prairie, tall grass, sand, or hill. And I know that was only four this week, but that's okay because we late in the game and we just got to get going. Y'all know saying? All right. So how we do? I hope you did good. All right. What is the number that is three less than the product of three times three? If your answer was six, not 12, six, you'd be correct. Good job. If I ate three quarters of an eight slice pizza, how many slices did I eat? Again, if your answer was six, we're on a roll here. Yes. Do the math. One quarter is two, two quarters is four, three quarters is six. Because four quarters, which is the whole thing, is eight. Ha 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 Oh, that's cheesy lame. Okay, I got you. Um, the father of Black History Month is known as who? Carter G. Woodson. Carter G. Woodson. Don't know who he is? I'm glad you asked. It's no time like the present to start some research. And then last but not least, the house that sits on a prairie is the prairie, tall grass, hill, or sand. If you answer tall grass, like the little house on the prairie, you'd be correct. Good job. So uh, I hope you did well there. I hope that wasn't too challenging. I hope it got your brain going. Um, but good people, it's almost Memorial Day and the celebrations kick off this weekend. It's uh, summertime coming up and the unofficial start of summer. And I am, uh, goodness, I'm kind of not excited because grant season has been kicking my tail. Like I've been knee deep in grants and more to come. However, in the meantime, though, uh, it is a time for me to memorialize some uh, and for me, that's, you know, I have tender and precious family members that I, that I like to keep front and center. Um, this weekend is particularly special for my family. Just, um, just for me personally, it is approaching the anniversary of the untimely death of, uh, special loved ones for me, uh, namely my sister. And so again, I am just, you know, it, it's always a bittersweet time of the year for me. So I just feel, uh, you know, mixed bag much of the time going into Memorial Day season. However, uh, it's also time to kick off the summer with others, which I generally get excited about. Um, I like to help out friends and volunteer during this weekend coming up down at the Taste of Cincinnati. If you have ever been to Cincinnati or to Chicago or, or any big city, there are uh, vendor showcases where local art artisans for food or even chains uh, have little pop-up shops so you could try their food and they can attract business, your business. If you really like what you ate or tried, little sampler slice platters, you can visit their main locations uh, and check out a full meal, rather that's a breakfast, lunch, or dinner. So I always enjoy there. I volunteer at Alfio's and they always hook it up. I love working there. And they won the award for best in taste because come on, why would I be volunteering anywhere else for multiple years in a row? So really excited about that. Um, so if you're in the Cincinnati area, you know, 
it might be real. Like, come come check it out. And I'm so glad I'm done with Hard 75 because I can actually eat and have a drink if I felt like it. And that'll be super enjoyable for me. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited. So time to get to it, good people. Okay, we've been uh, through a couple of series now since since the midweek muscle has turned seven. Wow, already, right? Uh, since the midweek muscle has turned seven, we've been through a couple of series and uh, it's it's been good. I think it's been real good. There's There's been some hard questions asked, uh, but I hope you know, good people, that the hard questions lead to hard truths uh, that are the best to face when you are looking for those growth moments or growth opportunities or money-making opportunities or any type of opportunity for your life. So shout out to the friends that seek my counsel sometimes because when they feel like listening, like, I'm really struggling with this. Can you help me? When they feel like listening and not fussing at me, <laughs> like I'm someone to be listened to. Of course, see? You see what I did there? But no, um, when my friends feel like they're there, they feel like listening. For instance, I had a conversation a couple days ago about how to not be afraid to ask the hard questions because it can lead to discovery. And that discovery is one that helps you get better, right? Uh, many of us are on this map of life where we aren't the map maker. We're just the traveler, and we're just traveling wherever we're either told to travel or told not to travel. But we're not actually creating the map. We, we have visions of it, but we're not actually doing it. So I would love for us to be in a space, good people, where we're, where we're thinking about like, hey, if, if you in, in the space where you're sitting and listening to this now, if you've ever had that thought, like, I just want differently for my family I want better for myself. I want I want comfortable, rather that be money or success or I did it or I can do it for myself or my family. You're looking for new territory. You might be looking for that new territory. You're looking for new growth. You're looking to explore, right? So I want us to be in the mindset of, you know, thinking like, are we on a hamster wheel with some of our processes here doing the same thing over and over and hoping to get to new ground? Or are you just traveling, just kind of feeling your way out there and going with the flow, going with where there are roads and not where there aren't? Or are you legitimately map making? You are envisioning the landscape and you are paving that roadway. Not saying it's all free and clear. Like some of that roadway might be junk, as in marshy, as in swampy, as in arid, meaning dry. Uh, and, 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 and many of those other things. Um, some of us want that new ground, but might be afraid to move our feet to it. And let's be real, some of us move our feet too quickly without even thinking about like, uh, you went there, but did you think about where that was going to lead you? I think Yogi Berra says, if, uh, if you don't know where you're going, any road 
will take you there. And sometimes that any road ain't the road you should be on. Uh, or it's something along the, I might be jacking it up. If you don't know where you're going, then any road will take you anywhere it's going, you know, something to that effect. And it's true. So no matter, no matter where you are, don't forget about this idea of discovery. Um, and so again, the series on discovery, we'll talk about some of this, a little of this, and I kind of want to just give a little quick highlight with the time that we have left on what this can look like. Um, I invited Brene Brown uh, in the book Daring Greatly into this conversation because I think it sheds a little bit of light on something that we have to do if we're ever in the space of considering, I want better, I want more, I want this, I want comfort, I want whatever that is for me and my family or whomever. I want these things. I want that new ground or that new territory, but have we considered this? So uh, let's take a listen, shall we? There are many times when frustration and self-doubt take over. The knowing requires showing up and letting ourselves be seen. It requires us to dare greatly, to be vulnerable. The first step of that journey is understanding where we are, what we're up against, and where we need to go. I think we can best do that by examining our pervasive, never enough culture. Scarcity. Looking inside our culture of never enough. After doing this work for the past 12 years and watching scarcity ride roughshod over our families, organizations, and communities, I'd say the one thing we have in common is that we're sick of feeling afraid. We want to dare greatly. We're tired of the national conversation centering on what should we fear? Who should we blame? We all want to be brave. She says, we are tired, good people. We are tired of lies packaged as something good and sweet. We are tired of being sold easy, this concept of easy. And we are tired of being told what is impossible. However, we must grow a little weary of the too quick, right? If information was that fast and free, then we just got to think about it. Some things should just be available to everyone, but it isn't. So you have to learn to question and confront some major areas. And again, that's why we labeled this series Discovery. So listen to what Dr. Brene Brown offers here. Part of a larger landscape. This allows us to accurately identify the greatest cultural influence of our time. The environment that not only explains thoughts, behaviors, and emotions that are slowly changing who we are and how we live, love, work, lead, parent, govern, teach, and connect with one another. Scarcity, the never enough problem. Okay, she says, confrontation number one. If you are looking for new ground, you have to address the not enough problem of scarcity. Uh, that there is this idea uh, of limited and limitations, not enough for you. 
not enough to go around. Not enough for you to have abundance and to live in it or to give it. I just want you to rest and nestle on that a little bit. But then let's keep listening. Critical aspect of my work is finding the language that accurately represents the data and deeply resonates with participants. I know I'm off when people look as if they're pretending to get it or if they respond to my terms and definitions with, huh? Or, uh, sounds interesting. Given the topics I study, I know that I'm onto something when folks look away, quickly cover their faces with their hands, or respond with, ouch, or shut up, or get out of my head. The last is normally how people respond when they hear or see the phrase, never blank enough. It only takes a few seconds before people fill in the blanks with their own tapes. Wait, wait, wait. Don't start don't start filling in your own tape yet. Don't drift here. Don't drift here. Keep listening, uh, but don't drift, okay? Let's get back to it. Never good enough, never perfect enough, never thin enough, never powerful enough, never successful enough, never smart enough, never certain enough, never safe enough, never extraordinary enough. We get scarcity because we live it. One of my very favorite writers on scarcity is global activist and fundraiser Lynn Twist. In her book, The Soul of Money, she refers to scarcity as the great lie. She writes, For me, and for many of us, our first waking thought of the day is, I didn't get enough sleep. The next one is, I don't have enough time. Whether true or not, that thought of not enough occurs to us automatically before we even think to question or examine it. We spend most of the hours and the days of our lives hearing, explaining, complaining, or worrying about what we don't have enough of. Before we even sit up in bed, before our feet touch the floor, we're already inadequate, already behind, already losing, already lacking something. And by the time we go to bed at night, our minds are racing with a litany of what we didn't get what we didn't get done that day. We go to sleep burdened by those thoughts and wake up to that reverie of lack, this internal condition of scarcity, this mindset of scarcity, lives at the very heart of our jealousies, our greed, our prejudice, and our arguments with life. Scarcity is the never enough problem. The word scarce is from the old Norman French, scars, meaning restricted in quantity. Scarcity thrives in a culture where everyone is hyper-aware of lack. Everything from safety and love to money and resources feels restricted or lacking. We spend inordinate amounts of time calculating how much we have, want, and don't have, and how much everyone else has, needs, and wants. What makes this constant assessing and comparing so self-defeating is that we are often comparing our lives, our marriages, our families, and our communities to unattainable media-driven visions of perfection. Okay, good people, she says, we are oftentimes comparing our lives to unattainable media-driven visions of perfection. And I'd have to agree. Uh, I think if you've ever heard that saying, like stop comparing your entire life to someone's highlight reel, it's true. Meaning the age of instant, like I said before, the age of instant, we have grown accustomed to things happening so quick 
and easy and left out that we are trying to situate ourselves on that easy look too in some ways. Oh, I made this look easy. I made this look effortless. I made this look like there's you don't even have to work towards it. Like that sort of vibe, but that, uh, uh, we're going to get there. However, I don't want to get hung up on it. Uh, it can be quite unattainable, good people, to try to uh, match an image of success that we see, whether it be on like Instagram, Facebook, you name it, which by the way, took years just to bottle it into a 60 second or three minute film, right? And then we sit back and wonder why our stuff, and I put stuff in quotations, why our stuff doesn't look the same for us as it did for them at month two. So we're only giving ourselves a little bit of time and trying to compare it to that lot of bit of time. And then wonder why it doesn't match. And then we quit on it. This is the thinking that's gotten us to that point. But let's keep listening. Let's keep going. Or we're holding up our reality against our own fictional account of how great someone else has it. Nostalgia is also a dangerous form of comparison. Think about how often we compare ourselves in our lives to a memory that nostalgia has so completely edited that it never really existed. Remember when? Oh, those were the days. The source of scarcity. Scarcity doesn't take hold in a culture overnight, but the feeling of scarcity does thrive in shame-prone cultures that are deeply steeped in comparison and fractured by disengagement. By a shame-prone culture, I don't mean that we're ashamed of our collective identity, but there are enough of us struggling with the issues of worthiness that it's shaping the culture. Over the past decade, I've witnessed major shifts in the zeitgeist of our country. I've seen it in the data, and honestly, I've seen it in the faces of the people I meet, interview, and talk to. The world has never been an easy place, but the past decade has been traumatic for so many people that it's made changes in our culture. From 9-11, multiple wars, and the recession, to catastrophic natural disasters, the increase in random violence and school shootings, we've survived and are surviving events that have torn at our sense of safety with such force that we've experienced them as trauma, even if we weren't directly involved. And when it comes to the staggering numbers of those now unemployed and underemployed, I think every single one of us has been directly affected or is close to someone who has been directly affected. Worrying about scarcity is our culture's version of post-traumatic stress. It happens when we've been through too much. And rather than coming together to heal, which requires vulnerability, we're angry and scared and at each other's throats. It's not just the larger culture that's suffering. I found the same dynamics playing out in family culture, work culture, school culture, and community culture. And they all share the same formula of shame, comparison, and disengagement. Again, she offers shame, comparison, and disengagement require vulnerability, which can lead to, yet again, discovery. 
On their own, it can create something else. One more listen, and then we'll wrap this up. Scarcity bubbles up from these conditions and perpetuates them until a critical mass of people start making different choices and reshaping the smaller cultures they belong to. One way to think about the three components of scarcity and how they influence culture is to reflect upon the following questions. As you're listening to these questions, it's helpful to keep in mind any culture or social system that you're a part of, whether it's your classroom, your family, your community, or maybe even your team at work. Number one, shame. Is fear of ridicule and belittling used to manage people and or keep people in line? Is self-worth tied to achievement, productivity, or compliance? Are blaming and finger-pointing norms? Are put-downs and name-calling rampant? What about favoritism? Is perfectionism an issue? Number two, comparison. Healthy competition can be beneficial, but is there constant overt or covert comparing and ranking? Has creativity been suffocated? Are people held to one narrow standard rather than acknowledged for their unique gifts and contributions? Is there an ideal way of being or one form of talent that is used as a measurement of everyone else's worth? And last, disengagement. Are people afraid to take risks or try new things? Is it easier to stay quiet than to share stories, experiences, and ideas? Does it feel as if no one is really paying attention or listening? Is everyone struggling to be seen and heard? When I look at these questions and think about our larger culture, the media, and the social economic political landscape, my answers are yes, yes. Good people, the rich components of of this idea of discovery might be found in the territory that we least want to walk. And I think what Brene Brown offers to the conversation is the area that we least want to walk. And that's knowing when vulnerability is okay and for whom should have access to it. Because one thing that she does share is your vulnerability doesn't belong in the hands of everybody. And it just shouldn't. Um, But one thing that she also offers is that unless we are willing to grow in certain spaces, we, we won't unless we engage vulnerability in a place in a place that addresses the things that we're shameful about, or even the things that we might be prideful about, or even the things that we knowingly or unknowingly are narcissistic about self-driven. So again, um, we want to go there. Let's go there. Right. Checking in is more than just a checkup, right? The check-in this whole season, the check-in is an invitation to more. If you, if you choose the challenge, the check-in is an invitation to challenge what you have thought or currently think of yourself and your capabilities. It's an invitation to get ugly real, ugly real with yourself, with your team, with your family, with your staff, so that you can stand firm on the results of what you learned as opposed to just being okay with the map that was given to you or the information that's just been loosely shared with you 
from someone else dealing from their pain points or places of trauma. It is very easy for someone to tell you what you can't do or what you won't do or what what doesn't work. But are they telling you because it legitimately doesn't work or are they telling you because they're working from a place of a pain point or their own source of trauma? And I think that's what Brene Brown was getting to in some aspects of what she was sharing here on vulnerability even today. Um, And so again, I invite you to explore this series with us together as a group, collaborative, collective, however you name it, however you see it. Um, I, I really want us to explore the need or wanting to explore new ground together and what this means as we take it on head first if that is an t- undertaking that we're willing to do. So good people, I thank you for being here with me this week. Again, sorry it has taken me so long to get this to you, but better late now than never. I think this is the latest that I've ever released on a Wednesday, but I thank you for your patience. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your support. If you made it this far, you made it to the end of the episode. And I encourage you, shout me out, jz at themidweekmuscle.com or hit me up on all socials at the Midweek Muscle. Um, so so you could share, like, how'd you feel about it? What'd you think? Uh, if this wasn't for you this week, that's okay. Thank you for listening all the way through. Maybe you know of someone that could use a good word or two. So I just ask, share it. Let them know there's something good here for them. But as I always encourage, there's always something good for here, you here. So I encourage you take a listen to a, a few of the episodes prior and see what you think. And again, there's always space for you here. So good people, thank you for listening. Thank you for checking in. Thank you for exploring new territory with me in this new series. And as always, thank you for your time, your attention, and your energy. Until next week, have a great Memorial Day weekend. Thank you for all of you who are out there serving and being a light to those you can be a light to. And thank you to those who are constantly asking the difficult questions for not only for yourselves, in seeking to under, understand others as opposed to just assuming. I appreciate y'all. I thank you for what you offer. There's always space for you here. And as always, I absolutely love you. Hey, take care. Make it a great week and a great weekend. Be safe out there. And as always, let's go.